0: Thanks for listening to the Starbase Indie Podcast. To find more information about our live event this November, here check us out at starbaseindie.org so or on Liz, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Well,
1: hello I'm Miss with the science whiz. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: So how did you get started in science communication?
1: Okay, so I was working at a preschool um, about 10 years ago, and it Um, and I was a preschool teacher. And it was very obvious that these kids wanted more science. They wanna do more experiments. So what I started doing is um, I started with one lesson a week and then I went to two and three. And um, while I was doing it, um, first I realized that it had to be very interactive because my audience was preschoolers, um, extremely hands-on, and I had to be cognizant of the attention span. So what I started doing is um, in every single lesson, I would incorporate um, the three styles of learning, visual, kinesthetic, and audio and auditory. So I found that every time that I do a science lesson, even moving forward, I use those three forms of communication. And I usually can bring the lesson home, um, You know everybody's everybody can learn from one of those styles of communication
0: you you started working with preschool age kids what drew you to that age group you know
1: I always have enjoyed um play-based learning in teaching play-based learning and you know preschoolers there's not a better audience for that you know they are again they're just sponges they love play and that was really why. I mean, a lot of times I will be, um, you know, somebody else will be interviewing me and they're like, you know, why preschool?
0: And I do elementary
1: school as well, but it's just because there's they're sponges and they are capable of so much and uh, they love to learn their lesson through play. And I love teaching that way. What's your favorite activity to do with the kids? Well, my favorite activity is when we incorporate dramatization and play acting and dress up into the science lesson. So for instance, um, I have a lot of different programs where we dress up as a certain kind of animals, and then we explore their adaptations. Also, I, we have, I have lessons where we become Madame Curie, Isaac Newton, and even race car drivers. So, what do they learn
0: from being Madame Curie or a race car driver?
1: Well, so with Madame Curie, they learn about one all the struggles that she went through to, um, you know, in in her experimentation and in her research. So they learn about that. You know, sometimes even as we uh, experiment, when we're obviously not working with radioactive material, but we and this this is usually for the kids that are a little bit older. But we um, will work with some like coarse materials, so we can actually feel how it felt for her when she um, worked with the um, with, with uranium and different kinds of rocks. And then, of course, race car drivers um, we learned a lot about physics: going fast, going slow, and push and pull. Um, It's all about the motion when we are the race car drivers. And the same thing with Isaac Newton. You know, we actually sit under an apple tree and experience the apple falling on us, just like Isaac Newton.
0: (laughs) You don't actually drop apples on the kids' heads, though, right? They are um, styrofoam
1: apples. Oh, that's that's fair.
0: And and, and the uranium is styrofoam as well, I
1: trust. Uranium is definitely styrofoam. (laughs) In my programs, I have nothing toxic, <laughs> have nothing alive. I have real things, but nothing is alive and nothing is toxic.
0: Those seem like very good guidelines. Yeah. So when you presented at Star Wars in the past, you had people in the room that are of all ages. Do you find that the adults enjoy the basic science experiments too?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, they really, really seem to love it. Um, you know, at Starbase Indie, what I did, um, the two times that I presented, I presented it just like I would present in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I started with my puppet show. I start with a puppet show. Every time I present, it's just a great icebreaker and it's a great way to transition. I was finding, especially in the classroom when I when I was in the classroom full time, that these kids need some kind of transition. So I thought, well, why not? I can take that transition on the road as well. So my puppet friends, they break the ice, they introduce the science, um, and then we get started. And then the kids start experimenting. And so I did that at Starbase Indy as well, and they loved it. And we also played dress up at Starbase Indy. uh, The um, participants got to put on Vulcan eyebrows and they also got to put on Klingon skin Mm -hmm. and they loved it.
0: So you did a presentation on uh, Vulcan anatomy versus human anatomy. Where did you get your information on
1: on Vulcan anatomy exactly? Well, most of it is from um, watching the original series Mm -hmm. and a lot of it from memory. I've been a Star Trek original series fan since I was six years old my dad introduced it um, introduced me to it and i loved it you know from the get go mm-hmm. and then also before the actual convention i got on Wikipedia, of course and then on fan pages like fandom and fan pop lots of great information on those pages
0: one of the things i love about the star trek fan community is there's that corner of it that's like all right so what is this fiction tell us about how the society would work and how the anatomy would work and what can we what can we learn from that and and how does it map with what we know about the world so you've been a Star Trek fan basically your whole life are you a general science fiction fan as well or mostly just Star
1: Trek you know I do like some science fiction uh, you know mostly Star Trek mm-hmm. but I do like um, some other um, science fiction as well, you know. I also like the um, comic book. I'm a big um, superhero fan, mm-hmm. so I do dabble in it a little bit. Um, you know, I don't have that a lot in common with some of my other friends, but um, my entire family are um, science fiction fans as well.
0: You need to make friends with more of the Star Wars Indie people, because. <laughs>
1: no. Well, and I do. I follow a lot on Facebook and I love following the Starbase Indie um, community on Facebook. It's a great community. And like you said, you know, it's it's a lot about, especially watching the, um, for me, watching the original series. You know, uh, you can also relate a lot to what's going on, you know, in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really just a lot of fun. Uh, we think so.
0: We, we, I think so. <laughs> um, you talked to Starbase Indie a couple of times. What do you like about Starbase Indy?
1: Well, like I said, I love the community. You know, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I was just blown away when I, my first time I came to Starbase Indie and it was the first time I'd ever been there, you know, at, you know as, as a presenter and as, um, a, you know, convention goer and, you know, just, um, seeing the other programs Um, i loved the uh you know the marketplace and all that fun stuff that you could buy at the marketplace i got some fun things for my family and then you know after the fact especially after the first one a lot of connections through facebook Mm -hmm. and and of course emailing you know some different bands and you know it'd be interesting uh, some of the things where i didn't have the science quite right and, you know, I'd have um, some people email me like, okay, this is the answer to this question. I mean, it was really, really fun. Um, you know, I just we really, that, I'd say the community, you know, the community is just the best.
0: So where can people find your work online?
1: Okay, so Facebook and Instagram. Um, my website is still under construction, uh, but mostly on Facebook and Instagram. I am Miss Liz the Science Wiz on Facebook, and then Miss Liz the Science Wiz on Instagram as well. And I post often. You know, I usually mm-hmm. visits from at schools, but sometimes I'll just you know put in some tips for parents on how to do experiments at home, how some fun ways to explore nature. Some great local field trips they can take with their kids to really explore nature and science as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are you what are you working on
0: next? What what are your new science experiments you're developing?
1: Okay, so again, I I really I do love the dress up and I do love animal adaptations. Mm-hmm. So my latest one is um, rabbits. Okay. So, and what I've done is I've developed um, these ears that, you know, the course of the rabbit ears, a great adaptation, but the ears also turn into rabbit feet and rabbit teeth. So the kids are using their imagination, but we're also exploring those adaptations as we're using them. And that's, that's what I really love to do. I really love to develop a program that is extremely hands-on and extremely interactive but that I can also take it from school to school easily mm-hmm. and I can travel with it and so and so that is my latest um, I haven't taken it on the road yet I also do um, virtual classes mm-hmm. um, my classes are on center of uh, Center for um, learning and what Center for Interactive Learning and Collaboration, Mm -hmm. Mm ilc.org, collaborate with author Valerie Marsh. And so what we do is a virtual lesson, it is some literacy, and then we jump into the science. So we tie in the two, and the classes are offered under author Valerie Marsh and she's great she will do the literacy part and she'll have the kids do the storytelling and then we'll take that and we'll do science with it so we have done the rabbits uh-huh. we haven't done it live yet
0: so did you do virtual uh classes before the pandemic or is this an adaptation for for the co- the covid pandemic
1: actually we did it before we were doing it and we, uh, you know, you know, quite a few. And then once the pandemic hit, we got very, very busy. Mm-hmm. Also, and then CILC.org also is a great resource. They also offer um, free interactive lessons throughout the school year. Like, like, I don't know, maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They will just offer some free lessons. You can just register. You can register as a school. Mm-hmm. You can as a homeschooler, you can register as a parent that just wants to get some tips. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. So we've been doing a lot of that with them. We've been collaborating with them. And then we also, you know, then we also get requests from different school systems and we will just go into their classroom virtually and we will do the lesson with the classroom virtually. So
0: um, how did you start collaborating with Author Valerie Marsh was she local? Was she a friend of yours, or you just found her through the work?
1: She I was local, so mm-hmm. she is really she's my mentor as well. She's the one that had the preschool, so mm-hmm. she had the preschool, and um, you know I taught with her for oh gosh, easily six or seven years, and that's where I developed the science program. Mm-hmm. And anyway, she was retiring, and she was moving out of the area. And she said, "You've got to take your science program on the road and visit schools locally." Mm-hmm. I said, "I do," and she <laughs> said, "Yes." <laughs> and so one thing led to another, and so now, now this is oh gosh, five years later, I have 24 different programs that you can choose from and, and take to schools and then also in the meantime she's like you know i miss collaborating with you let's do some virtual classes and um she was already well established with um the virtual classes on cilc.org so we jumped in and developed more programs and um so yeah it's been great it's been a lot of fun
0: does she write in the science
1: area or, or what kind of books does she write so she has oh gosh she has um a lot of different books on storytelling, how you tell stories with your students, how to get them to be eager writers with um, your students. So for instance, I'll just grab one of them and I'll, I'll uh, describe it, all right? So for instance, she has a book and you can't find them on, on Amazon mm-hmm.
0: it's,
1: and it's storytelling. They're all storytelling and it's puppet tales so what you do is you just make puppets you know with your kids and then you tell a story um, with them there's finger puppets there's food puppets there are you know paper bag puppets uh, they're apple puppets i mean it's extremely creative and then she ties in a story with that so you know for instance um she's got a butterfly puppet and so, of course, we took that and we used it for a pollinators lesson so we, mm-hmm. do the, we do the butterfly story and then we take that that we take that butterfly. And then we take it do the science and the kids have their butterfly they get to be doing the science virtually with us with us, we can see them on camera and it's, it's really fun it's really fun to see them do the story and then transition into the science.
0: It's it is fun to see because kids, especially and everybody, really lights up when you learn something new. There's just that you know that dopamine hit in your brain when you figure something out about the world. So I bet it's a lot of fun to spend your days watching kids have that
1: reaction. It's it's my favorite thing. You know that really is my favorite thing. It is you know to get that aha moment. You know you're watching them, um, you're interacting with them, and you can see that they get the aha moment. And then really probably the best compliment that I get is when teachers will call me or email me and say, you know, we were out of the playground and they were playing rabbits or it haven't been the rabbits yet to say they were playing um, dolphins, you know, and they were actually acting out dolphins and they were using the adaptations and they were using the vocabulary and they were incorporating it into their play. So, I mean, that is just, that's the biggest compliment, you know.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see where that would be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, Satisfying isn't the right word, gratifying maybe. Very. Uh, Yeah, it feels like you're making a difference in the world.
1: Yes, yeah, it's great. It's just, it it is wonderful. Or, Or parents will email me and they're like, you know, uh, my daughter came home and she was pointing out the pollinators in the yard. I mean, using that vocabulary, and then explaining to them what happens when when a butterfly or a bee pollinates. And yeah, it's great. Yeah,
0: and that connection between storytelling and science because it is the core way we learn, right? Just through story and through narrative. And connecting that in and extending it out, I think that's a fantastic approach for all of it.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it, it is. I do feel like it's very effective. I mean, I you know I rely very heavily on the kinesthetic style of learning. You know, mm-hmm. doing, touching. Uh, you know, especially a lot of my audience. I mean, a lot of them don't read yet. So right, sure. You know, so it's a great way. It's a it, it's a great way to teach them. And it's fun. Yeah.
0: And even once you do read, there's still, you experience the world a different way through touching it than through reading about it. Right. And so having those experiences in a variety of different, you know, modes makes a lot of sense. And it's harder to do in some ways with, you know, Zoom classrooms, right? Because you don't have everyone in a room where they can all, you know, pet the bunny rabbit or, you know, whatever.
1: Yes yeah that you know it it can be challenging and you know when when um when valerie marsh and i you know collaborate on these classes virtually you know we really make a point to do and for them to you know, have something that they can actually use and experiment with or use and tell a story with. I mean, it may just be a piece of paper cut out like a butterfly, but yet it's something that they can use and manipulate. And yeah, it's fun. It's, it's really fun. And we've learned so much just by working with other teachers and the students have taught taught us so much. I learned so much virtually and I learned so much In the classroom. I mean, it's amazing what good teachers four and five year olds can be. I mean, it's, you know, I've learned so many different ways to um, do the same experiment, but do it better, more efficient, um, better outcomes, you know.
0: What's the most surprising thing you've learned from one of your students?
1: Oh, wow. That is, um, gosh, I learned so much all of the time. You know, I guess in general, you know, I think that um, in general, I I'm still I, I can be, I'm very surprised on a daily basis just how capable even a very young child is and how they can they, they how they can do how they can learn how they can um, you know manipulate what other kind of materials we have um, you know when I work with assistants I'm like you know let the child do it let them do it I mean. Um, you know, I try to be careful about, you know, spills and things like that, but it, it could happen, you know, and and that's okay, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that that's what I'm very surprised with, you know, on a daily basis, just just how how capable those little learners can be. Yeah, but
0: yeah, kids can be surprising if you're paying attention to them.
1: Yeah, for sure you know, and letting, letting them do it, you know, and, you know, some, like I said, I've learned so much by just letting them do it. I'm going to give them guidelines, but letting them do it, you know, and sometimes I want to be like, don't do it that way. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, do it that way. What a great idea. Hey, look, it works. <laughs> right. It works better. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And how great that you can see that and not let the sort of grown up ego get in the way. And, you know, cause that teaches the kids that they're capable in a way that, you know, gives them that experience. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, I learned from another scientist that, you know, in, in in while, you know, observing um and teaching the kids that, you know, you learn so much from your mistakes as well. And I think that, you know, we know that, we hear that, and but actually experiencing that is like, yeah, they're you know, you you do learn from your mistakes, and I like to convey that. You know, I like to tell them, you know, don't get frustrated. It's okay. You know, we've we've learned something here.
0: Yeah. Was it uh, was it Thomas Edison that say I didn't I didn't fail ten thousand times. I found ten thousand things that don't work.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think you're right. Yes. Yes. And that's a great. That is that is that that's such a great quote. And um, you know, it's so true. You know, try, try, try again. And it
0: is good information, right? It, it, it feels like failure sometimes to figure out that whatever cotton filament doesn't work for a light bulb, but it's good information. It, it, it shapes the path, even if we're used to stories where success comes more quickly. That experience of we didn't, we didn't do what we thought we were going to do, but we learned a thing. It seems very important for kids. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, and you can just see you know, and you can just see it as, you know, and then, then, they, they're, then they're eager to try again. And they're either trying to, to work the problem, you know, so yes, yeah. It's, it's, I love my job. I've got a great job. It's so much fun.
0: So in addition to sign your kids up for Miss Liz the science Liz, uh, classes, what other advice do you have for parents who want their kids to be interested in the world and interested in science?
1: You know, I... I love I love getting outside and getting outside with nature. And I, you know, and the parents ask me that, I'm like, you know, take the field trip, you know, even if it's even if it's 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 to the local, you know, even if it's if if it's a park that you haven't gone down the street or, or a nature center and, you know, explore and, you know. Go ahead and and, and go ahead and do that now. And if your child, you know, if they're really, really interested in, say, chemistry and you think, oh, they're too young, there's so many different things that you can do with baking soda and vinegar. You know, you can do it. I don't even know how many different ways, hundreds of different ways. And if that's all you do with them, that's okay too. You know, you don't have to, you know, buy all the expensive kits and you know if you want to and you're into that that's fantastic there's some great kits out there but i'm a big fan of going to dollar tree especially when i do chemistry go into dollar tree get in a few supplies and just have at it you know i call dollar tree now my lab store
0: oh great yeah all the creative things you can come up with there
1: that so, there's so many hacks also on um you know online and one of my favorite um websites is, uh, little bins for little hands mm-hmm. and they do really a fantastic job of exploring science explaining the science and using dollar tree materials
0: yeah so you don't just spend a lot of money you just have to have some curi- curiosity and some time and as hard as those things can be it's also really rewarding to watch the kids get excited about the world
1: in the local library too, you know, if your kid loves dolphins, you go and get, you know, 25 different dolphin books. And I do a lot of that too, especially when I do longer classes or I do camps, I just take in so many different library books. So when they have a little downtime, they can explore the books. And that's just a great way, a great way and a cheap way to explore science as well.
0: And you have to give the kids or there's a benefit to giving the kids a little bit of time to just explore and see where their curiosity takes them instead of having it constantly structured to the second, I would think.
1: Yes, you know, and I do try, especially when, like I said, when I do like longer camps and things like that, I try to give them time to just kind of do it their own way, uh, explore the lesson again because especially as teachers, I know that I can also, I can I can, I can constantly direct and guide. And so I, I do try, you know, I, I definitely try to let them have some space and let them explore.
0: Thank you so much for talking to us today.
1: Well, thank you. I'm so glad you reached out and I'm really excited about Starbase 2022.
0: Yes, yeah, I'm excited about it too. Thanks for listening to the Starbase Indie podcast. To find more information about our live event this November, check us out at starbaseindie.org or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. See you on the Starbase.